Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I am Dina DiCastro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. Hello, everyone. I'm so sad today because this is our last of our shadow series. We've gotten down all the way down to Pisces now. And um, if you ha- if you're just tuning in to the show, uh, we've done a whole entire series on all the signs, shadows. And so, you know, we started Aries back last year. And it's definitely worth a listen through all of them. I mean, you can definitely find pieces of yourself in those signs and their shadows too. So I I love this series. I wish we could do it all over again, but we have to move on after this one. So yeah. Dina and I have so much to say about Pisces. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. I I do. Yeah. <laughs> for me. And uh well you're married to one for one thing. For sure. For one thing. For one thing. <laughs> for one thing, yeah. Yeah, I am. And also my mom was a Pisces. And what's even weirder and a strange astrological synchronicity is my mom and my husband have the same birthday. Oh whoa. So yeah. So they have the same birthday. And then what's here's a funny connection too. I mean, like important Pisces have have been in my life all the way through. You know, I've had a lot of Pisces people in my life. And the first therapist I went to after my mom died that was helping me work through my mom's stuff and then consequentially my divorce stuff (laughs) right after, she... uh, In our last session, she said, you know, she knew I was an astrologer and all this, and and we talked about that. In our final session, when I was kind of graduating from that that therapy, she said, "Um, by the way, what what is your mom's birthday? And I told her, you know, and she said, oh, that's my birthday too. (laughs) And she said, yeah, it's a hard birthday to have. And she knew, like, she knew something about astrology and she was open mm-hmm. to it. And so and there's another important Pisces with the very same birthday as my mom guiding me through healing from my mom's stuff. Yeah. That's Isn't that crazy? funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, Pisces, um, one of the the thing that pervades the whole archetypal field is a a kind of a sadness that comes from the sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, that begets the need to escape. Yeah. That begets the, the need to like check out that begets the need to find spiritual uh, belief systems that can help you to cope with them with the difficulties of life, but then you can go too far into those spiritual belief systems. Like, you know, we're going to connect back to some things we said about Sagittarius um, with that. Um, And then the, the, there's also, you know, when you have hard things happen to you as a Pisces, there can be a tendency to take it really personally and to get into a victim mindset. You know, if you have this Pisces shadow playing out, And so I want to re-emphasize, we're not just talking about Pisces sun sign people. We're talking about the archetype and the archetype can play out for any of us. We all have Pisces somewhere in our chart. Some of us may have a lot more than others. You may have planets or uh, angles in Pisces. Um, And therefore, 
you know, you can have more or less of this flavor to your life and they're, you know, more or less chance of playing out the shadow. <clears throat> so do you have anything to add to that or? Oh, I was just thinking I have Neptune attached to my son. So mm-hmm. as much as I, I'm so, so Virgo in my chart. I mean, I have so much Virgo stuff. It seems yeah. like, and my Chiron is in um, Pisces. Isn't yours in Pisces too? No, mine's in Aries. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like as I, I feel like there's a big pushback on Pisces for me because of all this, yeah, all this Virgo stuff that's in my chart. Um, but I can definitely embody pieces of this these shadow archetypes that we're going to talk about today you know even though I don't want to yeah I'm like oh well me too yeah. I mean yeah <laughs> me too I was writing some of this stuff and I'm like ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yikes <laughs> yikes um yeah because I've got a big 12th house and 12th house is uh, naturally ruled by Pisces true you do on the natural wheel mm-hmm. I do I do have a big and I have a lot of aspects to Neptune in my natal chart. And Neptune is one of the rulers of Pisces. Jupiter is the other one. And guess what? I have a lot of aspects to Jupiter as well. Mm. Jupiter is the most highly aspected planet in my chart. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I was reading uh, back what I wrote about about this, thinking about it, I'm like, oh, boy, this is... It's a problem I've I've struggled with my whole life that the stuff that I am upset with my mother about doing, that I struggle with the same things and none of us want to be our mom. So, I mean, to begin with, yeah, right? So <laughs> I'm always pushing back against that. And so like you with the Virgo stuff, I've, I think I've really tried to lean more into Virgo, which is the opposite of Pisces. And maybe overdone the Virgo in some ways to avoid, you know, falling into the Pisces. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's all good, you know, who knows, but uh, it hasn't always worked out all, well, all that well for me to lean so far into Virgo that I deny any Piscean mm-hmm. aspects of myself, right? Yeah. So let's let's dive into what are the Pisces shadow archetypes. Uh, the first one is the flake, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> uh, the person who's always late, not showing up, you know, when they need to, and figuratively and metaphorically, I mean, both and <laughs> literally and metaphorically mm-hmm. not showing up. Uh, ghosting, you know, is a totally Piscean kind of phenomenon. Um, this shadow can be as minor as someone who's, you know, you're chronically late or forgetful, or you could lose track of your major duties and commitments, right? Um, and it can also be even worse, like believing things that aren't true or being delusional, which is flaky in the extreme. Yeah. It's, you know, someone who loses touch with reality. Um, there I'm thinking about things like conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. um, you know, super like just paranoia that, too. Like I've noticed yeah. that with somebody I worked for, they were just like always paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, there's something about Pisces shadow with weaving a story, uh, based on very little evidence, uh-huh. you know, but like creating a big narrative that isn't <clears throat> true. Yep. Um, and that's part of this flakiness uh, archetype, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it lends into the spiritual bypasser, you know, which we're going to talk about next. But the the flake for me is is that person who really is has a loose hold on reality uh-huh. <laughs> and a loose hold on responsibilities, commitments, the fact that time is real, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, just the little things, uh, and so I mean, for me, I with my mom, it was here's a mild example, but she was always late, and sometimes that was no big deal, and a lot of times it was a big deal, you know. Of uh, I'm sitting there, 
in front of the school by myself. Everyone has left. And I'm there for an hour, an hour and a half, Ugh. you know, and she finally gets around. To pay. And I'm talking like eight, nine years old. Oh, my you know, God. I'm not old. Um, so there's that, you know, and it wasn't like I don't want to say she was neglectful. Because, you know, she had three kids and I was trying to find the high side of Pisces in myself as I was writing this and to be compassionate. It's like she was a single mom of three kids. You know, my dad wasn't really around. She was doing her best and she had a lot on her plate. And so I was really trying to tap into that as I was thinking about this. And also, you know, I was experiencing my reality of being the kid in front of the school whose mom forgot to pick them up, you know, abandonment and yeah, yeah, total abandonment stuff. And so that that's just a mild one. Actually, there are worse examples I could use, but I'm going to stop with that one. Um, but and I don't want to even berate her. I want to say for a Pisces person as she was, I think she she struggled with being so sensitive with being kind of at the whims of her emotions with a lot of times feeling like a victim, you know, and time was just something that was inconvenient for her, like remembering when to do things and that, you know, there are limits to time. And (laughs) so she wanted to do things when she wanted to do them, frankly, you know, um, what you don't get to do when you have three kids. Right? Was do you, was it like she forgot what time it was? Would she lose herself in like time? Mm-hmm. Or was it, oh my God, my kids are at school? <laughs> because I don't, that's a really good question. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I never, I never understood it. Uh-huh. I never understood. It. And she it almost felt to me like a, a rebellious thing in a way. Um, like I, I'm not going to be where I need to be uh, very unconsciously. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to be told what to do. So I'm just going to do it when I want to do it. And because she always did that always late, mm-hmm. never on time. Um, and it gets old. And so conversely, I am extremely punctual. Yeah. Right? To a, to a, fault yeah to the point where I get so stressed out if I'm even going to be five minutes late for something because of that yeah I feel like the that in my earlier years that I was always late always late Mm -hmm. and then I sort of figured out that that was really rude like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I think that because on the other side of the coin when other people were late I was always like what how rude of you you know to like waste Mm -hmm. my time oh my god that seems really like these other shadows that we've talked about in the last couple sessions but yeah that strikes some Aquarius stuff yeah it does and um yeah I feel like that I rebelled against time too what I hated my job I was always late like an hour Mm -hmm. late like I didn't I mean when I when I start feeling like I don't like something anymore. I've mm-hmm. noticed that I have done that in the past. And usually it's a job mm. where I'm just like burnt out and I don't want to do it anymore. And then I show up when I want to. Well, that reminds me that there's a passive aggressive unconscious component to this that with Pisces, especially that with, for example, you, you didn't like your job. You didn't really want to deal with with that, or you could, you know, for whatever reason, it's like, I've just got to do it, but I'm going to push it down. But in a little bit of unconscious rebellion, I'm going to be late all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it. so there's like this passive aggressive component to that as well. And I think passive aggressiveness is, is common to all the water signs <laughs> as oh. a possibility. Uh, but here, here too. And I think one of the ways it manifests is this being, um, the flake, you know, checking out. I'm I'm not going to show up for things. Actually, I don't want to do, but I'm I'm not going to admit to myself or other people that I don't want to do it. I'm not going to take action on it yet 
but I'll be as little engaged as I can be. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And it's almost like, I think that in some respects, it felt like I didn't want to deal with, um, yeah, I think I didn't want to deal, right? I didn't want to deal with Mm -hmm. wanting to quit or looking for another thing or, you know, figuring out why I was so burnt out, you know, or what would, what I would like. And instead it was sort of like almost handing yourself over to allow somebody else to make the choice, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. It's like I am super right. conscious of that now. Um well, I also see how it's self-sabotaging. Yeah. Because then you're like you said you're giving over power to somebody else to make that decision for you just because you don't want to make it and then you're but then you could end up in a worse position, mm-hmm. right? Of of not your own making of like, oh, you get fired and then you're really screwed or um so it's better to I think what we're saying is the to work against that Pisces shadow, you have to become conscious of the things that are your underlying motives that you don't want to face so that they don't en- end up undoing you. Right. Because then you slip into the next archetype, which is the victim. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, totally. Right? Yeah. Let's talk about the victim. Yeah. I. Uh, that's it. Yeah. It's like, gee, I don't know how this happened to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do these things always happen to me? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally been there. Totally done this myself of, you know, creating situations unconsciously that, you know, played out in such a way that I could have predicted or prevented, but chose not to. And then complaining, oh, this is always the way it goes for me. This is my sad story. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And we've seen that a lot with people. And it's, again, it comes back to unconscious things Mm -hmm. that that we don't want to face that, you know, we don't want to look at. Like, being uh, in a job you don't like. Well, you can take the reins and find another job or make some big changes in your life. And that's all scary. So then you'd rather be late all the time and then get fired and then go, I'm the victim here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this this connects back to as well to that thing about um, creating a story or creating a narrative that is uh, – you know, bigger than the sum of the parts, really. Like if you were to look at it objectively and say, well, you were chronically late, so you got fired. That just happens. <laughs> that's going to happen. Like that's not about you being a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, rather, the victim archetype will be will make a case that, oh, this is all part of a bigger conspiracy against me as a person. Yep. Like that life is unfair or uh, bosses are unfair or the system is rigged and I just can't get my due and uh-huh. you know, everything's against me. Yep. Right. That's the victim mentality. And guess what? It it begets more victimhood. It, it will lead you to repeat the same pattern over and over again if you stay in that. Mm-hmm. Because that's your mindset. Right. And this is a case where I do think our thoughts create our reality. Yep. Yep. (laughs) As much as I push back against that, this is a a real life case of, you know, if you keep thinking that nothing good is going to come to you and people are out to get you, guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Yep. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is. I have a million examples of this. (laughs) And, Give me one. Uh, well, I don't want to. Because, or your top three. Uh, well, I'm just thinking of other people in my life who have oh. that I can't I can't share on here. But I, Got you it. and I could have a conversation that was three miles long about this yeah. <laughs> topic. Yeah. I also think if I think back to like my youth, you know, when I was younger, and like I said, having that pretty prominent Neptunian energy on my son, you know, like I, Mm -hmm. and 
and having Chiron in, in Pisces, I think there is definitely ways where I would set up situations when I was younger and also just like it was always something for me. You know, it was I could never catch a break. Yeah. And it was yeah. It was my behavior, you know? It was people I was hanging out with. It was drinking too much. It was being late all the mm-hmm. time. It was like not taking responsibility for things. So, I could see that there's a a good example in my youth. And I I think I know my parents were really annoyed by it. And I've also seen other Piscean kids who play this out too. And it is, yeah, it's super annoying to -hmm. watch, you know, I've super annoying. It's just like, when are you going to get your shit together? I think is the Virgo response to that, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't be surprised if you, you know, if you do some flaky things, if you're the flake, that you're going to end up the victim mm-hmm. of, you know, of life. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's let's talk about the spiritual bypasser. <laughs> this is our next archetype. Now, here I saw the connection to some of the things that we said in the, the Sagittarius shadow episode. And here's where... Jupiter as the ruler of both Pisces and Sagittarius really makes sense to me. I mean, I once had a student, uh, a mentorship student who asked me, how can Jupiter be the ruler of both both Pisces and Sagittarius? It just doesn't make sense to me. Like she wasn't seeing that connection. And I, I get it. Like it seems weird sometimes that Jupiter rules Pisces right? Because we're, we're so associated with Sagittarius. But I think the connection here is the ability to believe things that are just not grounded in reality, and then taking that on steroids to, uh, you know, to the point where you're looking at life through these rose-colored glasses, and it's, it's like taking drinking the Kool-Aid to the next level, mm-hmm. right? It's The Pisces shadow here is, whereas Jupiter, it might be believing that the secret is how things work, you know, (laughs) that's Sagittarius shadow. Um, The Pisces shadow might be like joining a cult, like getting fully immersed, getting fully immersed Uh in something that is totally unhinged and unrelated to reality. Um, and there is an escapist uh, part of it. We're going to get into that escapist element too. Uh, that you know, it's about I'm leaving the world behind. I'm part of this other world, and literally, cults, you know, they they create another world, a utopian um, world, is what the a utopian world. Mm-hmm. It's very Pisces shadow. It's very. You know, I'm going to be in this other reality with my bubble of people who you know, think like me. And, and then there's a, there again, an unwillingness to face uh, reality or the details of life, Yeah, you know, and to live in this other realm. So there's a connection there with the Jupiter uh, kind of inflation quality of Jupiter and how belief systems can be inflated in such a way that they become uh, toxic. Mm Mm-hmm you know, and become cult-like. And, you know, there are more, like, of course, there are cults like, um, you know, in Wild Wild Country, the ones we had here in Oregon. The Bogwan. Yeah, with (laughs) Sheila and Nan and all that. Uh Yeah, the Bogwan. There's that extreme, right? That's the extreme version of a cult. But there are lots of cultish things floating around today. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a really cool podcast called Sounds Like a Cult. Uh-huh. Um astrology actually made one of the episodes, but <laughs> what was what was cool was that they didn't bag on astrology so much and they're not really even bagging on cults in that podcast. I I mention it cuz I heard the host of it on uh, 
she was on Jamila Jamil's podcast and they were talking about it. And I kept thinking, yeah, this is a lot of shadow Pisces stuff we're talking about here. It's that so many things can lead to a culty mentality. Even, you know, they talked a lot about the wellness trends on Instagram and the wellness influencers and how that's become pretty culty. Um, and anything, any belief system where it becomes like a tribe of people that we feel like I'm one of them, you know, and you want to belong, mm-hmm. it can go in a a bad direction when you take it to its extreme, right? Yeah. I was just thinking about that this morning. I was thinking about, I've had people who, you know, are curious about astrology or whatever, and we're talking, we're doing like dinner table talk about it. And yeah. they're like, oh, no, 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 that that's not right. I'm like, blah, 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 and Vedic astrology. And there is like, they, oh, yeah, they just don't even want to hear what you have to say after that. Like, I, I feel like that's why I often say I believe in everything and I believe in nothing because mm-hmm. there is that point that we talked about, even with, um, Gosh, I can't remember what podcast it was where we, oh, I think it was about the different modalities and the Enneagram and those types of things where yeah. it's like, <clears throat> or maybe why, yeah, why not astrology? That was our- That was the episode. Mm, that was the episode. And I think that that's where astrology can get that bad rap is like people thinking that we believe in astrology as if it were- the word or something, you know, like, yes. And, um, I find it really interesting and I've seen it work in amazing ways. And I think it's a really helpful tool, but do I believe that astrology is the end all be all or, you know, no, I mean, no, no, I don't want to put myself in a box like that. You know, you have to bring, I mean, we all have to be critical thinkers and you bring your critical thinking mind to anything and it helps, you know, yeah. <laughs> like including astrology, including looking at, you know, different people's takes on astrology. And even within that, there are cults, mm-hmm. even within astrology, there are many cults, you know, yep. um, of belief and and I am not buying into any of them. I know some people would say I'm maybe I have because I'm an evolutionary astrologer and there has been, you know, some some uh I guess there is a cultish reputation around that to some degree. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's a spiritual component to it. There's um you know karma is involved in past lives. So you could say that, but it depends on the mind that you're bringing to it. And I'm, I really strive to be open-minded and also to look for flaws <clears throat> in the belief systems that I hold. Yeah. And to look where reality doesn't support them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think that that's the kind of the medicine for this Pisces shadow is to Keep checking yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> because you got to keep checking your own, you know, your own uh, belief systems and, and lining them up with reality and also opening to other points of view. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do listen to a lot of. I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts, and a lot of those people are atheists and secular materialists that, you know, think astrology is a bunch of bullshit. So there's an example of me listening to people and, and under trying to understand why they think that, you know, and I get, I get it. And I also disagree. I also know a lot of it's because they don't have a real experience with astrology, but I get it, you know, because there, those are some of the conversations that are being had on those podcasts, yeah, about astrology in particular or anything like that. I mean, there was a tweet by one comedian that I really like where he said, "You say astrology, I hear. Stop listening to you." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, 
Mm. It's you have to keep honest and read those things as an astrologer, for example, in order not to just become a cartoonish astrologer. Yeah. You know, and to become part, you know, a cult member. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot in that, that I've, I personally struggled with too, with the spiritual bypassing and being in the new age community in the nineties and, you know, my mom being in a, an Ascension cult. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I I've witnessed this <laughs> firsthand. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's hard. Um, it is hard. I I know that every t- I'm fascinated by cults, you know, and all those Jim Jones yeah. and stuff. I remember the first time I saw the Jim Jones documentary. Um, I was like, "Wow, this seems cool." Like, I mean, <laughs> at, the, at the beginning, until they were doing the Kool Aid part, and the, it, things got <laughs> really weird. But I was like, "Yeah, the." The young ones helping out the old ones living in this utopian community, you know, like setting their own rules, growing their food. That's fun, you know? And then as it got weirder and weirder, I was like, whoa. But I I don't think I could ever, yeah, just the the preachy, you got to believe this way sort of thing freaks me out. I mean. Yeah. Maybe there's a little part well, of me that feels like I could fall for it, you know, and that's why I'm so well, dead set against it. Why is it so fascinating to us? I think most, many people are fascinated with cults. I mean, hence the plethora of documentaries yeah. out there about cults. You know, there's the Vow, there's the Jim Jones documentary, there's the, there was that movie about, um, what's his name down in Waco? Uh-huh. Um Waco is what it was called, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it too. <laughs> which was a really good movie, by the way. Um, and then, I mean, but yes, I've always found that fascinating as well. And I think the fascination comes from that what you're saying is you're attracted to it at first in the early stages, what's going on. And what is attractive are the high side of Pisces things like a sense of belonging, a sense of communion, a feeling of having a spiritual purpose, mm-hmm. uh, a boundarylessness that then becomes toxic. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, that the, the boundarylessness at first is like, oh, wouldn't that be cool to like just be with each other and like hang out and you know, be in each other's auras and right. maybe, maybe don't think that would be so cool, but it, it then becomes not having boundaries becomes the problem, which is also a shadow Pisces thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, the not having good boundaries and letting things in that you shouldn't. And, um, almost in every one of the cases I've mentioned, the, the leader becomes a sexual predator yeah, right? and, Right. Uh, exactly. Nearly exactly. Every time. Right. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know that I could jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> I should hope not. <laughs> I can't see that for you. No. Um, no. You got way too much Virgo. Uh-huh. Not going to happen. <clears throat> so, all right. <laughs> so then finally, and so what's funny about this final archetype is I came up with it. Katie didn't know it. I came up with it. I took it off the list because I'm like, oh, I'm putting too many on and I want to leave one for Katie to do at least. <laughs> and then Katie jumps in and puts the same one. So it's it's the escapist. That's my favorite one. <sighs> so let's talk about the escapist. Why would you want to escape, first of all? Because you feel you... so much. Because you feel so much. Because you're sad. Um, because You've been the life is hard. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And in ca- and some so cases, what do you it's do? really true. I mean, you know, or you're just like, yes. I think the sensitivity, like I was thinking about with this one, often you see a lot of musicians that like Kurt Cobain um, comes to mind always with this one where yeah. it's like somebody who's so sensitive to 
yep. the fame or, you know, and they just wanted to play music or whatever. Right. And then there's just so much that so much pressure and like outside influence and, and feeling everything and probably a life that wasn't so great that came before the the music, you know? And then you just want to yeah. check out and you just do a heroin overdose. <laughs> right in the in the extreme or what or yeah and I'm not at all like when I say oh you know they've had a hard life and it's sad it's like I'm not mocking that at all like we really do being human is hard the earth is a really hard place to be yeah I think about this every day that's how I know I have a big Pisces component in my chart every day I have some kind of thought around wow, this is a really harsh place with a lot of suffering. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? Mm -hmm. You know, and it literally comes to me <laughs> several times a day, probably. And, and I've learned to deal with that or feel that's just human. That's, that's what being human is, mm -hmm. right? For me, I've, th that's where my spiritual path has led me to be is, coming to more and more acceptance of that and also feeling in that some comfort, like I'm part of the, the human family rather than the separateness. And I think the separateness though, and the sadness when those two go together is where it becomes uh, the escapist or where it can be. Yeah. Or the victim, you know, of like, this is just happening to me. I'm so much more sensitive than everybody else. Yep. And there's almost a little bit of narcissism in there, dare I say, in a weird way. Yeah. Um, that can be part of that mix. And it becomes uh, escapist. Like, I've got to numb out. I've got to do the drugs or drink the drink or watch the TV or the, you know, whatever the thing is that takes me away. Um, and it doesn't help anything, as we know, right? Uh -huh. It's You're just checking out. You're <clears throat> opting out of life but not really living when you do that yeah it's a um yeah it's a tragic sort of thing every time that i see a pisces person going down that road of addiction or like heavy drinking um being high 24 hours a day with uh, mm -hmm. some means you know it's like oh Oh no, that's, that is such the shadow road of the Pisces, you know? And yeah. it's sad. It's because I think you're never going to reach that, that utopian life that you truly want. You know, you're never going to get to this place where you are like free. Um, I don't know what I want to say about that, but it just actually makes me really sad. And I've seen yeah. <clears throat> Lots of kids who are Pisces take that road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have seen it a lot in my life too. Um, escapism, you know, of different stripes. Yeah. And um, so I just read Susan Cain's book, Bittersweet, which is phenomenal. Like I recommend it to everyone. I think it's an amazing, profound book. And she's the one that wrote Quiet mm -hmm. about introverts. And so much of this book was to me just singing the song of Pisces. And uh, I, you know, it's about the idea that if you're a bittersweet type, and you could take this little quiz at the beginning to see how you score. Of course, I scored very high. Oh, I'm going to take it. Uh, I think Todd has that. Totally. Book. Yeah. Oh God, you've <clears> got <throat> you've got to. Um, so if you score high on this bittersweet uh, scale, then you know you have this thing where the sadness is and melancholy is a really strong part of your your makeup, and it tints how you look at life. But there's a way to embrace it and work with it. And she, you know, and all the, through the book, she talks about different stories, you know, people's stories of dealing with this and um, how also it can be transformed into creativity, into spiritual practice or some kind of active service 
And those are ways to transmute the sadness. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have one of those ways to transform the sadness, then it can become escapism, Mm -hmm. bitterness, victim mentality. And um, so there was this one part of the book where she was talking about being in it. She She did a grief group or she was in a grief group where they were processing things in their life that had caused them grief. And she was doing it for research for the book. And, you know, she's just like, she ends up like pouring tears herself, telling a story of her relationship with her mom. And the leader of the group asked her what astrological sign she was. (laughs) And she says, of course, she has to write as a scientist. She's a, you know, she's a science person. She's a scientist. She's like, well, I don't go in for all that astrology stuff, but I'm a Pisces. (laughs) And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I knew you were Susan Cain. I knew you were a Pisces. Um, And you don't even believe in it. But still, but she said, and the, the leader of this group who was like, I think he's like a rabbi slash spiritual teacher but he he told her what it meant and she resonated with it he's like you're sensitive you're very permeable you're empathic no wonder you know you're carrying the pain of your ancestors Mm -hmm. basically was was essentially what he said and she's like yeah i resonated with that so i mean if you're a pisces type and you resonate with what i just said you've got to read that book Because I think that there's a lot of medicine in there and even in just the ideas that I pulled from it that I just said that you can transform these things through creative expression, through having some kind of spiritual practice and doing some kind of service that like wherever the pain is for you, you can do service toward that thing to help you find some sense of meaning and connect, connectedness again. So for example, like for me, it would be the suffering of animals really bothers me. So I'm going to donate a lot of my time toward the care of animals, which incidentally I do. Yes, you do. <laughs> without really officially, <laughs> without it being through an official organization or anything. I mean, I have a lot of care of animals as a big part of my daily life. Um, but it also, I mean, it takes me out of myself and it gives me a sense of purpose and it helps me to know I'm taking care of these beings and giving them a good life, even though I can't rescue and save all animals, right? Mm -hmm. But I can do, I could do this. So that's my, that's my example of like, we're moving toward here the, what do we do about the shadow? right? What do we, how do we deal with this? Um, And what are the fears that drive it? I mean, we've touched on some of that, you know, in every episode, we look every shadow episode, we look at what are the fears that cause the, the shadows to manifest? What do you think about that for Pisces? Um, I, if I think about it from the kid that I was when I was young and I was really wrapped up in, um, drinking, you know, I was in Mm -hmm. so much pain when I was younger and there was no way to express that for me except for hanging out with other kids that were like, um, kind of latchkey kids or whatever kids that came from backgrounds that were not so awesome and drinking. Like that was, that was how I spent most of my time and I was absolutely going nowhere. But I think about like in my thirties when I went back to college and I started singing and I was taking art classes and I got into that high side of Pisces where I was like losing myself in, in the music or art, Mm -hmm. um, it changed things for me. Yeah. But I'm not sure of, I'm not, not, I think there's a fear of really looking 
at what's right in front of you, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sort it of could a- be... eludes you. Right. I think about like the fear of being overwhelmed. Yeah. Is something that comes to me or overwhelmed by the pain and the suffering. Yeah. Um, because the the spiritual bypasser and the flake and the escapist, those three at least are avoiding, <clears throat> you know, avoiding stuff, avoiding reality, avoiding what's right in front of your face, uh, avoiding the truth. Because if, you know, the sensitive Pisces type looks at the truth directly in the eye, it's, it's very hard sometimes. It's, it's going to cause pain. It's going to cause suffering. So it's easier to, you know, do a, the spiritual bypasser would say the phrase, like, everything happens for a reason, <laughs> you know, or whatever, <laughs> put a smiley face on it. Or the flake is going to just, you know, not show up to that job that they don't like, or uh, the escapist is going to drink when they get home. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all avoidant. And what are they avoiding? They're avoiding something that's painful that they have to deal with. Possibly painful, right? even. Possibly. You know. Yeah, even just possibly, right? Uh-huh. So that's, I think, the fear. Uh, one of the fears that, that's driving it is the fear of being overwhelmed by pain and suffering, the fear of one's own sensitive nature. Um, you know, there's a phenomenon I've seen with some Pisces, especially male Pisces, because of the way the culture is that they often seem really like crusty, hardened, unfeeling, but you know, underneath, like they're super sensitive, Mm -hmm. but they're covering it up by doing that, that act of like, I'm hard as nails, right? And so they don't seem like a Pisces, but then you find out that they are You're like, oh, that's what's in there. <laughs> yeah. Know, that's what's underneath the crusty shell. You know, um, I think cancers, you know, have the same, especially cancer males in this culture have the same issue. You know, Maybe a sure. fear of their own sensitivities, right? <clears throat> yeah. I do. Is think what that looks there. like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and the funny thing is, is that the habits that I've just seen this over and over with alcoholism and um, I just see how when it sort of reminds me of this cycle, right, where when you're drinking, it perpetuates the victim thing. It perpetuates mm-hmm. the it probably takes away the pain, you know, for a bit of time, but also just perpetuates the issues the sadness the the distancing and all all the things that come along with that right and when you get sober and you have to actually face those things yeah it can also be freeing you know Mm -hmm. um so i mean for questions for reflection there's a couple that come to mind um one would be what are you most afraid of facing right now? Yes, that's, I, I definitely was thinking that too. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just, we could leave that one question as it is. What are you most afraid of facing right now? Mm -hmm. And then the follow-up would be, how can you gently bring that to consciousness? Pieces of it at least. So that it's not driving you. Yeah. So that it's not, so that you're not going into escapism or flakiness or spiritual bypassing. So I guess what are some tools, you know, for bringing hard things to consciousness? I mean, like, like the alcoholic metaphor, often people have to hit bottom before they sober up. Yep. Unfortunately. I wonder if there's a way we can avoid having to hit bottom, metaphorically speaking, in our lives before we sober up. 
mm-hmm. to reality, right? Mm-hmm. I know there is a way. I'm just asking a leading <clears throat> question. Like, what are the ways, you know, that we can avoid that, high, you know, hard bottom <laughs> to before we get there? Do you want to just ask that question or do you want yeah. to answer that question, Dina? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I don't know. Um, There are ways that we can, that we can avoid the hard bottom of the metaphorical alcoholic binge, you know, (laughs) we don't have to, we don't have to wait until life kicks us in the ass and we become the victim. I don't think. So every day you have to check in with yourself and say, you know, are, are there things that I'm not telling the truth to myself about? Mm-hmm. If there are, let's write some of those down. You know, yeah, because it's write so down easy to, to re- have a realization and then tomorrow forget about it. It really totally. is. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, there's that practice, uh, which everybody knows, the morning pages, right? From, yeah. yeah. So uh, Julia Cameron's book. Um, so in the morning pages, something you can do is just write everything that is in your brain, even the things you're scared of. And it kind of gives you license to just write anything. So you could get rid of those pages. You don't have to keep them around. Some people do, you know, I got rid of mine a long time ago because yeah. <laughs> they're pretty bad. I don't want to look at them. I don't want anybody else to look at them. But The point is, I think, of that exercise, like bringing things to consciousness that you didn't even know was in there because you've opened a valve and you're saying, I can just vomit onto these pages, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And you see what's in there. And it can be very helpful for, I think, getting clarity. And that's, that's not really how she's intending to use that exercise, but I think it's a way to do that is to get clarity on what's actually lurking around in there in my unconscious and then to read back over and say, Oh, wow, that's didn't know that was happening or I didn't want to voice that in my head. Yeah. Because why do we make things unconscious? Because it's, it doesn't jive with our sense of ourself or it doesn't jive with how we think the world works or it doesn't jive with how we want to be. So we push it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that's one practice that could be helpful. I was I, I was thinking of two. You want me to share them? Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all ears. Got to keep them to my Scorpio self. No. Um, <laughs> so one. It's funny because at the very beginning when we talked about important Pisces people in our life, I went through a period of time where I was dreaming so much. And I just have diary after diary after diary pages of um, dreams that I had. And I was like, what's, you know, this is one way that I can sort of get a sense of my dreams of what's happening in my waking world, right? So I worked with this woman who was um, a dream therapist and she had every planet pretty much in the 12th house. And um, she, we did this dream work together where we sort of uncovered what was in my unconscious, you know, and it was so interesting what shows up. And when you go down that you know, it's just not this literal thing. I mean, you can look up dreams in a dream dictionary, but it's so much different when you do it with a therapist, you know, Mm -hmm. what's showing up for you. So I really like that way. I'm dreaming a lot again, and I'm working with a Jungian therapist right now, and we do some dream work too. And then the other thing that I like is, again, program through to be magnetic. And, um, they do these, um, guided meditations where you 
sort of go through a period of time when a shadow aspect is showing up and where that came from. And I, I like that too. I think it's yeah because I have, I have been like, I don't have that problem or whatever, you know? And then I do one of those meditations and something shows up and I'm like, Oh my God, that's where that came from. You know, so many things we carry with us are just misunderstandings from the past or the way we've heard something or, you know, not to, not to say that abuse and things like that didn't happen or that we understood it one way and it wasn't meant that way. I mean, but there are messages for sure that we carry in our unconscious that hold us back. So I, I like both those practices quite a bit, you know? Yeah. Yep. I like them both a lot too. I can't say enough good about dream work in particular from my own experience of working with dreams Mm -hmm. that, you know, Pisces, uh, dreams are a Piscean phenomenon, a 12th house phenomenon. Um, it's our connection with the world of archetypes and the unconscious and it's how the unconscious speaks to us. So it would make sense as, you know, how to work with these Pisces energies in a positive way would be through doing dream work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really powerful. And I, I like the way you talked about, it. I do think there is something like there is keeping a dream journal. That's one level and looking up the things in a, you know, dictionary. But then there's also doing like you could have a dream buddy. Yep. Like um, you know, like someone that you talk through your dreams with and you do this process called um I've done in the past called projective dream work. Uh where you actually, you know, you pretend like let's say I tell you a dream, Katie, and then you say, Oh, if that were my dream, here's here's what I see, like here are the symbols, but you're projecting your own stuff onto it. And you're kind of owning that. You're not trying to interpret my dream. You're saying, if it were my dream, here's what I would, here's what I would take from it. And usually it's very informative to the dreamer, Mm -hmm. what somebody else is going to think about it. Yep, It like opens up a whole new way of looking at it. So yeah. We had a dream group through with that therapist that I saw years ago. Yeah. She was awesome. And we had a group. We were all really into it. And um, mm-hmm. there was like five of us or something. And we mm-hmm. got to interpret our dreams all together. And it was super cool, the things that came up. Um, it's really powerful. It is. Yeah, I've done that in the past as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I encourage, you know, I would encourage people to do that. And, you know, it's, these are things that can help. Like if you've got a strong Pisces in your chart, you know, Pisces medicine, uh, there are ways through it. There are ways to put it into, um, into action and to transform some of that sadness, Mm -hmm. you know, into something else. So, wow. Well, here we are. So sad now. (laughs) Sad, sad. How many times did we say sad in this podcast? Or I feel. Remember, I I feel feel that's so Piscean. Yeah. It's the last sign. And so there's always some sadness Mm -hmm. with things that are ending, right? We've wrapped it up. Yeah. Yeah. We're wrapping it up with Pisces. Um, so yeah, this has been a very profound walk through the shadow side of all the signs. And I really appreciate you coming up with the idea in the first place, because it was your idea, Scorpio, to look at the shadow <laughs> of every sign. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I just like to look at everybody else's shadow, not my own. No. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it has really been enlightening and I've enjoyed it and we're going to find things that are equally as good to talk about yes we're almost to our going into this is the second year right yeah we're coming up on our two-year anniversary soon so we'll we'll mark that in some way yeah we'll have a party yep we will with a little cake just i want yeah (laughs) we'll have to get together (laughs) and have our podcast together or something with cake that'd be awesome (laughs) so thanks for listening to this whole series everybody if you have if you haven't 
make sure you do because it's really good. We're proud yeah. of it. And um, yes. we'll be back with you. More exciting things to talk about. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly insights, follow me at Spark the Sun on Instagram. Or check out my website at katiesloanastrologer.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And thanks again for listening.